0: Welcome, Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, wrong. and now and your hosts, host, Francisco, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the Thoroughly Wrong project. You know, I'd like to start this podcast with a recognition of a recent loss. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was, um, she was a giant, a fighter, a rock star among us, and and. She protected the American people. You know, I think she was like one of those rare people that even if you didn't agree with her, you know, even if you didn't like her, even if you disliked her, you respected her, you know. And and I think to ignore her last wish to, re, to be replaced uh, after the election cycle, coupled with this partisan bullshit, the infighting over the process to replace her and the, you know, it's, it just seems like they're outright dismissing the legal and ethical guidelines you know watching our leaders our leaders I I say that with quotation marks you know they just ignore what's right and they continue on their path They, they just want to it's just this engagement in the pursuit of gaining a slight edge over the political rivals and it's just it's just sick it's just
1: it's really sad have you seen that lindsey graham video from 2016 i think it was when, um, Scalia passed away and Obama wanted to replace him. And, you know, they made this big deal like, no, we're going to wait till after the election. Even, even mm-hmm. though Scalia died, I think it was like nine months before the election. Yeah. Um, and, we you had know, they waited a long time for that. Yeah. They still wanted to wait. Um, and Lindsey Graham, I think he's like the head of the Senate, uh, judiciary committee. He said, you know, like we're going to wait, um, and he told like the whole like committee and the whole floor, like, you know, if this happens in at the end of the first term of the next president, like, you guys could use my words against me and, you know, I'll, I'll wait again. I'll vote to wait again. So it kind of like, you know, he's putting his word on the line, whatever, you know, that's <laughs> worth. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's like a video of him like saying, like, if this exact scenario happens at the end of the first term, like, we'll, we'll wait. So it's it's pretty interesting.
0: I bet you Lindsey Graham was at, sat at the kitchen table with his head in his hands when he died.
1: <laughs> I didn't expect that to, to happen. Like, Damn it. Away.
0: <laughs> or maybe he's just not going to, he's just not going to remember saying that even though he saw the video. I don't remember saying
1: that. Yeah, And I mean, the video is like, you can't like, there's no gray area. Like he literally said this exact scenario. He didn't say like, Oh, if it's like, an eight-year term you know because that's like a lame duck president um, right he said at the end of the first term if you know there's a seat opening um i would wait or i would vote to wait so we'll see and i don't think he's on the list of those uh two or three people that have voted to wait so we'll see what he what he does
0: well i hope i i would like to see it happen because I don't know. Just Ginsburg asked for it. I mean, that was her last wish. I mean, come on. Yeah. That.
1: And did you see? Um, did you see the video when they told Trump that she passed away?
0: <laughs>
1: no. No, he was. Uh, he was. I think he was. It looked like he was getting off the plane or something, and like a reporter told him. And I was surprised because he actually looked very like sincere. And he was like shocked. He was like, Oh wow. Like, you know, he like commended her like for, you know, her work. And he said, you know, things like, you know, whether you agreed or not with her, like she, she lived a great life, you know, and she, she did a lot of, a lot of great things. And I was like, Oh damn, like that's actually pretty, you know, I didn't expect him to be that sincere.
0: Well, lately he has been showing a little humanity. Um, or. Two police officers shot one in the face and she survived and one in the arm and um he called them both up when they the uh Compton from LA yeah 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 that uh, yeah yeah she was she was answering him by writing her things her answers down because she can't speak but okay. he's been showing a little humanity lately and you know I don't know if it's as much for, shit as he has done in the last three and a half years, man, you know, four years, you don't know if he's being sincere. Uh, you can't know.
1: He has glimpses of, like, humanity here and there. um, And then just politicians in general, especially uh, presidential, like, um, people or, what's the word? Candidates. There you go. Yeah, Like, during their primaries and uh, you know, those early stages, they'll be they'll be more like towards their their party lines, you know? They'll be more like hard on those. And then once they get out of that and they go into the general election, they'll tend to be more towards the middle, you know, just to appeal to the most people as possible.
0: Yeah. So it might be some Um, of that too. Well, you know, I heard that Trump had over a billion dollars and he spent 800 million of it.
1: (laughs) For his campaign.
0: That's why... On his not on his campaign, on his legal fees. Um, because everybody's suing him. Probably, but man. yeah. Did you watch uh, the game? Any of the games over the weekend?
1: Football games? Yeah. Yeah. yeah how many football how football.
0: many Trump commercials did you see?
1: I didn't see any, honestly. I did not see any and I
0: was I looking. I saw Biden. Biden. Yeah, I a, yeah, I saw
1: a lot of Joe Biden.
0: Biden is all over the place. He's out spending him because Trump doesn't have the money right now. So things are really, things are not looking good for him. But at the same time, you know, Francisco, things didn't look good for him the last time yeah. either. And he pulled it off. And what I'm afraid of is the same thing's going to happen. It's going to be a close race, except Biden's going to squeak it out. And then it's just going to be a shit show. And you know, two hundred and some years of peaceful transfer of power will be over.
1: I could see it going both ways, uh with either him or Biden, honestly, at this point. There's mm-hmm. I think they're both I wouldn't say deeply flawed. Well maybe Trump's a little deeply flawed. Uh but they're both definitely pretty flawed in themselves. Um, for various reasons. I don't know if you've seen like all those clips or videos of biden like speaking and how sometimes he it's like what like what are you saying what are you saying right now you know it's so like his words make no sense it's like he's having you know some sort of um like cognitive you know like he has a cognitive issue it's so obvious um and it's it's pretty sad man like If it is as bad as, you know, it appears to be and like his people, you know, his family, his team, whatever, they're still like allowing him to run like this. If it's as bad as it seems to be, at least, you know, that's, I think that's pretty fucked up. I do too. And there's so many, like so many other candidates that they could have gone with the DNC. I,
0: I agree. But I don't like, know anybody that could have beat him. That could have beat Trump.
1: Uh I feel Bernie could have definitely beat him. Really? Yeah, Bernie, yes. Cause Bernie doesn't strike me as the uh you know, Trump's very good at like insulting people, you know. He goes after them. Right. You know, to try to get that gotcha moment. Oh, he's the king of the king of right. personal attack. And I think Um, Back even back in 2016 with Hillary, they tried to beat him at his own game. And it obviously didn't work. And I think Biden's going to try to do that again. They're just going to try to be like, you know, who could get the biggest reaction out of an insult or, you know. And I don't think Bernie would have played that game. I think Bernie sticks more to the issues. And in a debate type setting or a town hall setting, I feel like that would really resonate with people. If, you know, Trump's out there just attacking Bernie, like, oh, he's a socialist. He wants to, you know, do this, take your guns away, blah, blah. And then, you know, they get to Bernie and he's like, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. And he doesn't really talk about Trump, you know, as a person, but more about what he wants to do, what his plan is. And then I feel like there would be some people that would be like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Or that's not a bad idea. I feel like Bernie could have definitely won. He I think he would have had a, a lot better chance than Biden.
0: What about your your guy Yang? What about him?
1: <laughs> to me, Yang is like the closest thing you can get to like a perfect candidate. Um, uh, did Did you ever see that video I sent you, or I told you to watch?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: His podcast with Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's just like everything his man says is like it just makes sense. And you well, know, I feel he-
0: the same way about. Buttigieg, is he just made sense to me.
1: And it's not even like um like a big issue with um uh, with like that I always hear come up during like presidential elections is like you always hear about like you know manufacturing jobs or like coal miners, you know? Yeah. There's only like fifty thousand coal miners in the whole United States of <laughs> three hundred and fifty million people. There's fifty thousand coal miners. Not that they don't matter. But for example, in the solar industry, there's eight million people working in the solar industry. So
0: you okay, know, you kinda interesting. you
1: kinda tell me which which like which one's more, you know, impactful. If eight million people lost their job or if fifty thousand people um, uh, you know, lost their job. Not that, you know, it's a good thing for either of them to lose their job.
0: Right. Right. No one should lose their job, but and how many people you know then again how many people are in the solar industry now
1: there's millions of people in the solar industry there's
0: i mean i'm sorry air wind
1: uh that i don't know but i mean because renewable was- energy um is just growing by the day you know companies the whole that whole thing that whole genre so i mean they're only going to get bigger the manufacturing jobs you know, as much as people don't like to admit it, a lot of them aren't going to come back because uh, one, there's either, you know, cheaper labor, you know, overshores or uh, one thing that a lot of people don't talk about that Yang's really big about is automation. Um, automation is huge. People are afraid of automation. Exactly. And they don't talk about it. Uh, like candidates, they don't like to talk about it. Because automation equals, you know, your job's gone, like, for good. Yeah. They can't promise it to come back because it's not going to come back.
0: I know you wanted to pull back all the auto workers, and the inside of an auto uh, factory looks like some 23rd century fucking robot.
1: Yeah, you go to a – you look inside (laughs) of, like, an Amazon factory. That thing's filled with robots. They drive themselves. They – I think this video of them, like, they don't – you know how – Factories would usually have like forklift drivers, you know? Yeah. Um, I used to drive
0: forklift in a factory.
1: Yeah. These (laughs) machines, they just drive themselves. Now there's like little like QR codes on the floor and it tells them where to go. You know, they never crash into each other, stuff like that. And yeah, man, like automation is huge. Um, The trucking industry, like uh, Yang says, there's like over 5 million truckers in the United States and a good, Part of them, if not most of them, will be gone like within the next twenty, like ten to twenty years, and nobody's talking about that. There's that companies... is
0: um the most vicious job I ever did in my life.
1: Exactly, so, it's, it's hard, right? You know, it's you know you're driving yeah. for or, um like twelve, fourteen days hours a day.
0: A no, that's not true at all. Well, don't they have it, like a like regulation law law for books. shifts?
1: Yeah, or and I used
0: like... to carry. Now that I can, now that I'm not doing it anymore, I used to carry two log books, one for my company and for me to log my real time and one that looked like I was driving the, the 10, the 10 hours a day, the 12 hours a day. So and I'm sure, if I got no, pulled over, alone. I pulled out the logbook that said I'd been asleep. I yeah. used to drive into a truck stop and tear the sheet out of my log book and say that I'd slept for eight hours and just keep driving.
1: And I'm sure you weren't alone in that, you know?
0: Oh no, you can't make any, you can't make any money driving 12 hours a day.
1: And the you thing. You can't make any money. Yeah. The thing with, you know, these, um, the automation that's coming, it's like these trucks, they're not going to stop, you know, the human element is, is going to be so like diminished. You know, there's going to be very few accidents. Just everything points to like, why not have that instead? It's better. It saves the company's money. You know, it saves them. uh, They don't have to pay like, you know, like insurance for liability or car crash and stuff like that. It just makes so much sense and nobody talks about it.
0: Well, let me ask you the uneducated American question. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Where the hell is everybody going to (laughs) work?
1: What I would say is like all these people, you know, the, the whole thing that. Oh well, you know, let's start retraining people. You know, for other jobs, right. other types of jobs. And um, like I said, I've watched this Yang interview like twenty times. So if I like sound like a broken record because I I'm pretty much gonna say what he's saying, you know? Okay. Um, like we've tried the whole retraining when all the car uh, companies left. And we're not very good at it at retraining people, especially you know, the older they are. Um, so it's gonna be tough. That's why he's very big on, um, on UBI, uh, universal basic income. Uh, it's not gonna be like, when you hear that, you know, your universal, universal basic income, a lot of people think like, oh, you're just gonna get paid to like do nothing, you know? Right. And then people think, oh, that's, that's not a good idea. Like, I like to work for my money and like all this. And I really encourage people to go watch that uh, Joe Rogan interview with him because he really goes into detail into how it works and why it's going to work, why it's not just, you know, giving people a $1,000 every month. It's not that easy. It's like more complicated than that, but in a way that it works. And another thing we need to do is we need to start, like, our younger generation, showing them that there's more paths, uh, you know, to work. Like right. um one thing that we're not very good at here in this country is uh like trade jobs, you know, vocational jobs, you know, being a plumber, an electrician, a welder, all these things that in reality, they pay very well. You can make upwards to six figures, if not more being, a, you know, a plumber, an electrician. And a lot of these people that do that, they're in it and they have like zero to little debt, you know. Yeah. From like school loans or anything like that. And uh, if you look at it, like our high school rate for kids that are at, you know, that are in some sort of vocational or trade skill is at like 6% right now, which is very low. In Germany, they're like at 60%. You know, whether they stick with it or not, at least they try it. At least they know that that's an option. If they try it and, you know, they pick it up and they decide they like it, great. You know, they'll pursue it. But to not even show them that that's a choice, I think we're doing like a great disservice. And part of that is because this whole, um, and I've talked about this with a few other people. Um, I think here, college is huge. Um, Everybody pushes college, you know, it's college, college, college. As soon as you graduate out of high school, you know, like, oh, where are you going to school? Uh, You know, what do you want to do? And a lot of people just aren't meant for college and that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean they're
0: dumb. I know I went, I went to school with thousands of people who shouldn't have been there. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't
1: mean they're dumb. It doesn't mean they're stupid or that they're useless or anything. They're failures. You know, that's a big thing, especially like for different cultures. Um, I know like in a lot of Hispanic communities, like if you don't go, especially like kids of immigrants, you know, you don't go to college after high school. Like, Oh, you know, you're, you know, your parents sacrificed everything for you to not go to college. And it takes a toll on people, you know? But and that's. What about.
0: What about. Overseas. You said. You said overseas. A lot of people are in tra- trade schools. Why do they come here and force themselves into colleges? Why force their children into colleges?
1: Well, I don't think those people are. They're not like. Um, that 60%. Those are people that like, um, high school kids that have some sort of trade skill class or a program that are in it, you know? Yeah. Whether they pick it up or not, that's, you know, they're on their preference. I'm pretty sure the people that tried over there and they like, you know, being an electrician, being a plumber, like they'll stay there and try to be a plumber. Um, but the other kids that you're like, Oh, you know, no, I want to go into like, uh, business administration or economics you know or whatever they'll either stay there for you know their university or they'll come here so it's not all of them you know it's not like they're becoming plumbers and then just wanting to come over here
0: it seems like it seems to me like america's going backwards from the rest of the rest of the world because and i know i'm showing my age but when i was in high school i had shop class and I learned to weld in high school and I learned to uh, do auto body in high school. I learned to work on cars and nowadays shop is gone. home economics is gone. Yeah. Music is disappearing. Art is disappearing. Everything's coming down to this. And they, they, they give us this bullshit reason of like, well, we're just teaching the basics. Well, you're, you're fucking kids out of their future because this is the time in their life when they need to start, you know, playing around with what do I like to do. But our kids nowadays, and, I, and I'm not saying it as some fucking crotchety old man. I'm saying it because I can see it. Our kids are not are leaving high school completely unprepared for adulthood completely. Yeah. So Now, and then, like you said, they're they're like, well, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get a degree in something that I really am not interested in, and then I'm going to end up with fifty, sixty thousand dollar debt that I can never pay off in a job that I don't want.
1: Exactly. Um, a few semesters ago in school, I read a book called uh, Reskilling America," and that's basically what it talks about: is how we don't do these things anymore. We don't do shop class. We don't do auto body. When I was in high school, I had wood shop for, I think two years and yeah, I, you know, do I was, too. I was lucky that my high school, I went to BHS It, it offered those classes, you know, they had a uh, wood shop. I think they had welding. Uh, Did you make a pencil holder? No, I made like a jewelry box <laughs> and like a clock. I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> I made a pencil holder in, in like seventh grade. I remember that,
1: <laughs> but you know, a lot of these schools don't have those options anymore or they never did in the first place. And it's just so unfortunate because those things aren't bad, you know, to learn, to know. And no, that's, of
0: course not. I mean, like if you want to work on your car. I mean, I know yeah. nowadays you, you really can't work on your car. So what's the difference,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or there's new cars that you have to take to the dealership to fix. Yep. But just all these different and like those jobs are very hard to automate. Like we're not going to have a, a robot plumber, you know, a robot electrician, like come to your house and, you know, fix your stuff. Uh, cause that takes a lot of, you know, like fine motor skills and it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to automate, uh, simple cognitive skills than it is difficult, uh, motor skills, you know, right. so like call centers are going to disappear. There's hundreds of thousands of people that work at call centers Um in restaurants, you know, like I'm pretty sure in the next few years, whenever you go to the drive through or any fast food place, like the only people that might still be working there are like the cooks, you know. Uh, even when you go to restaurants, uh, I mean, if you can remember the last time you went at a sit down restaurant since this whole pandemic, <laughs> you will see like those little um Like those little tablets, you know, like on the, on the table and you can like order your dessert, you know, ask for refills. from Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just the beginning. Um, There's like shopping malls all over the country, like closing down. Like I think they said, uh, Andrew Yang, he was talking about how by 2030, 30% 30 of like shopping centers are going to be shut down. Those are huge, like industries where people hold jobs, you know, retail. The food industry. Yeah,
0: brick and mortars is gonna be a thing of the past, not not too far into our future.
1: Yeah, like you look at uh here in town, the Sears store that's right here at the mall. Yeah. Um, you know who's gonna take over those stores? Uh Amazon. Amazon <laughs> eBay, all these <laughs> yep. big huge companies that and they're not even gonna be like stores, you know, they're gonna be like distribution centers or fulfillment centers, so they could get the things that people buy online to them faster.
0: Yeah, same but, day
1: stuff. Yeah, so that stuff's going to be like just full of robots, you know. So we're well, I to- have,
0: you know, Go ahead. I didn't ever order from Amazon that I remember before the pandemic, Francisco. I just didn't. I just if I had a, I I made my list and it had my stores and I ran all over fucking town and I I wasted so much time. I had no idea how easy it is to just order it while i'm sitting at a fucking stoplight on my way home from work and it'll be here in a couple days and it's usually cheaper too yeah it's usually a lot cheaper and the it's the weirdest realization that i had my life i when people ask me how i'm doing during the pandemic i i literally tell them i'm thriving i love it i mean I don't like the death, and I don't like staying home all the time. But I've learned a whole different way of life that gave me a lot of free time, gave me a lot of time to create. You know, I came up with we came up with a podcast. I would not have had time prior to what I've learned. I'm kind of would not have had time.
1: Like I even before this, like I wasn't very huge on like, you know, like I wasn't very like oh I go party like every weekend you know i'd either stay home or like hang out with you know my small group of friends hang out with my girlfriend right. you know hang out with coworkers. um you know like we'd go out to dinner stuff like that but it wasn't like something that since it's been gone has been like a huge deal in my life you know like does it suck that we can't you know go hang out like uh, at right. a restaurant like before like yeah it sucks but i don't feel like oh my god i'm like depressed you know that's affected me so (laughs) bad i mean i know it does to a lot of people and that's terrible um but yeah like there's like for me at least um there's some friends that i have that either like live here in town kind of far away or like i have a friend that lives in la and we literally almost talk like a few times a week because we'll play like video games together you know and like that's our hanging out time or our our bonding moment, you know, with my friends. Like we're together but not together. And to me it's the same thing. Like literally the only other like social thing that I would do a lot would be like during football season. Me and my friends would go like watch the game at like a sports bar or something.
0: Yeah, I do miss concerts and I'd miss the art museum and things like that. I do miss
1: that. six I miss Six Flags. That's the one thing I did like doing. Oh, I love roller coasters. When,
0: when this is over, let's do that man. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head when you said some people can't do that. They can't make the transition. That's the fucking problem. That's the problem. They can't make a transition for anything. Jobs, a way of thinking, uh, a way of doing, you know, some people are like, I can't go work out because it's not at the gym. Mm -hmm. No, that's not, you know, Beachbody online is like, $8 $8 a month and it has a thousand workouts on it. And I'm sure you have a 10 foot space in your house. I'm positive you do. Yeah. So you, we've got to learn with the, with the things we've been talking about with the schools and the jobs and the way we make money and the way we live our life. We have got to progress here. We've got to get a progressive mind and think, okay, the old way of life is gone. And it's not coming back. And, and everybody needs to stop saying when it comes back, because it's not. At least not so for a long time. Let's start thinking in terms of, I, dude, I don't think it's coming back the way it was at all. I, think I mean, it it will it'll take, come back. In,
1: I think it'll take a long time. It'll take years. Um, but, but don't you think by
0: the time it, it reaches the point where we can come back, that our whole way of life will have changed? Yeah, we'll And our children be growing up will be, yeah, our children will grow up in this and they'll be used to it. And we'll be like, well, let's go out to dinner and they'll be like, nah, <laughs> let's just order Uber Eats. Let's just order Uber Eats and, and stay home. I'll play video games <laughs> with 25 of my friends, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: It's a big I don't think it's coming well. back. Well, it's, it, I like it in, in ways. Um, yeah, I don't but mind. Like you said, and I think we're very. I lucky. don't like the. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: we are because uh, it didn't really, at least not like you know financially. Um, you know, we still have our jobs. There's like millions of people that don't, obviously. So, you know, I'm sure they have a different perspective on it. They probably hate oh. this whole situation. Um, so yeah, I feel we're very lucky to still be able to you know we have the luxury of being able to think about you know how am i going to adapt instead of well i can't think about that because i need to pay my rent
0: i i don't know what's going to happen to all those people dude i feel so bad for them they're months behind on their rent and and they get this you know they get an edict from the government says you can't throw them out that would not make me feel better well, Being in that situation, I would not be like, oh my God, thank God they can't throw us out. I would think, what's going to happen when they can throw me out?
1: Yeah. And a lot of uh, what I'm kind of curious about is because they have like that rent hold, you know, the hold on rent. Yeah. And then a lot of people are, um, well, they're saying like, well, you know, the landlords still have to pay mortgage. But even then, like, there's a lot of mortgage companies that are, you know, doing the, the forbearance plans where you can you know, just, Put your payments on hold. Yeah, I know for our house, our uh, our bank, you know, they do the same thing, um, and they're pretty lenient about it. Um, so I think and it, it's are they putting important. them on hold? Yeah, so they put your payments on hold, and they what basically happens is they slap those payments on at the end of your mortgage. There's no interest that changes. There's no penalties. Your credit's not affected, so it's basically just a pause. Um, and okay
0: well I, that's not bad
1: yeah and um, I don't know about other companies but my uh, particular uh, financial company they do it for up to a year so if you started you know in March or in May you uh, you could technically not pay your house till the following May so that's okay. really good and I that know works. a lot of them are doing that because I've talked to a lot of people and um, their banks are giving them that option which is good instead of just, you know, evicting them or foreclosing them. So are,
0: are like apartment complexes or landowners, are they doing the same thing that's to what, the people that's or are they I'm just accruing?
1: The sure. That's what I don't know. That's what I was wondering, you know, cause people are saying, well, if you don't, if you don't pay rent, you know, these landlords still have to pay their mortgage. And I'm like, well, like, do they like some of them don't have to, they have them on hold. Um, but I, it probably it's goes not on a case can't be
0: uniform though, right?
1: Yeah, I think I'm sure there's some and maybe it's different for like commercial businesses. I'm sure they still have to pay their rent um, or their mortgage, you know, yeah. or like duplexes or, you know, apartment complexes. I don't know how those work. It might be a little different for them, but for like just a regular house mortgage, uh, for the most part, a lot of companies are letting you uh, put a hold on your payments, at least for a good while to try to get you back on your feet, you know?
0: Well, speaking of like situations like that, Congress has 10 days to decide whether they're going to help the airlines bail out again.
1: What do you think about that?
0: I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about it because it seems to me, it it seems unfair to me that everybody expects the common person to like, have you know 10 months of savings or a year of savings and we go out 30 days later and the airlines are almost out of fucking business
1: yeah yeah and we
0: need billions i
1: see both sides of it because like on one side there's the uh well we need this bailout money or else we're gonna you know collapse and you know everybody's gonna be at a job that works there and i'm sure there's thousands of people that work in airline in the airline business. And then the other part of me, you know, so that that part of me says, okay, you know, bail them out. We have to help these people. Even if they're, you know, big corporations at the end of the day, there's also a lot of, you know, regular people working for them, you know, for, to put food on the table. And then the other part of me just remembers back to, you know, the whole 2008 bailouts where, you know, they gave the banks all these money and they kind of just still fucked everybody over you know yeah and they, they
0: gave them million dollars to their executives exactly
1: and, so yeah. i mean part of me which is like okay bail them out but you know actually use that money and then the other part of me is like well you know they messed it up once like if they're gonna fail then they fail um and we'll see what happens after that because a lot of people back in tw- 2008 they when the banks were gonna you know bankrupt they were going to say okay just let them bankrupt when that happens usually uh the smaller like credit unions that are you know local to your city or town they're the ones that usually tend to take over and grow from there you know so they would become the bigger banks because everybody goes to them right so if bank of america went out of business you know a lot of people would go to you know uh current schools or whatever it's called now Um, yeah
0: current credit current federal credit,
1: something like Valley Strong, I think, something like that. So you know that's the natural like order of things. You know, if something, if a business is gonna die, you know, you let it die, and then another one's gonna take its place.
0: But they they tell us that if that bank collapses, then they scare the hell out of everyone, and everyone's like, "No, bail them out, bail them out!" And then the banks get bailed out, and things go right back to the way they were before. Yeah teetering on the edge of of collapse and honestly until
1: we're on the verge like we might be on the verge of another collapse with this whole um like automation thing that we're gonna face pretty soon yeah and that's one of the things that um kind of frustrates me that nobody really talks about because it's coming like we can't it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when you know and nobody's talking about it nobody wants to address it uh, you know, both candidates are just like, oh, well, you know, we'll we'll bring those jobs back. We'll penalize these companies for uh, shipping the jobs overseas. You know, you could do that and, you know, they'll bring their factories back. But guess what? They're going to fill those factories with robots and you're still going to be out of the job. <laughs>
0: so you're still going to be out of a job. So what? Now you can get to build the factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> so it's just. They. And it's not just that, but so many issues, they just look at them the wrong way. And instead of.
0: And they're very vague. They're yeah. very, very vague. When it says, you know, uh, candidate Biden, when you, how are you going to fix the economy? And Biden's like, well, we're going to bring back the jobs. And everybody claps. And then President Trump, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to force the companies back by you know, doing some horrific tax situation and everybody claps. And then no one says, how are you going to fucking do that, guys?
1: Exactly. And then the way our government's set up, it's very slow moving um, by design, almost just because, you know, we have the whole like checks and balances and Congress and Senate and the House. And, uh, you know, so they could say all these big, you know, grandiose, things they want to do and then during their four years they'll maybe get like one or two of them done if that you know
0: yeah I like building the wall between us and Mexico and have Mexico pay for it that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's just this whole election process there's like so many things that I think are wrong with it from the way they um address you know the issues to even the way that they're elected I think the Electoral College is a joke, the way it works, the way oh, it's set yeah. up to work. You know, there's a reason why um, the last uh, presidential cycle, I think, um, Hillary Clinton came to California like one time because yeah. she didn't need to come. California's in the bag, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they I'm sure they went to like Ohio and Wisconsin and Florida like 30 times, you know? Yeah, well Trump didn't come to California either.
0: Yeah, because he knows. knew he didn't have it in the bag and he couldn't bag it, so why waste his time and waste his money? Exactly. So And that leaves Californians
1: out. So there's like a lot of different options um that people talk about. I honestly don't know what the best option would be, but I know it's for a fact it's not the one we have right now. This all or nothing there could be a hundred million people in California and 50 million in one vote for uh, one side. And then that side gets all the votes, you know, like I tell me, yeah, I right. feel like that's just, it doesn't make sense at all.
0: You know, that may have worked. I can't say for sure. Historically, that may have worked better when there were far less people. Yeah. And that's like and one a of slow the, moving government, yeah. far less people. And you didn't have roads to pave and far less people and all these things that you have to do now in order to run a modern culture and a modern culture is fast paced and it's changing way faster than the law can keep up with. And the government can keep up with, we need a government that can, that can act when it needs to act instead of this thing that we have.
1: Yeah. And I think the way we do that is to find a balance between like acting quickly and swiftly, you know, but Mm -hmm. also not, cause I like the whole checks and balances system. I think it's a good idea for, um, you know, when they wrote the Constitution and stuff. I think that was like great, you know, like foresight into how we were going to work. You know, they were smart to like, well, we can't give too much power to one side because, you know, it's just going to be like um like England all over again. You know, right. We just have to find a way to to make it actually work for us. Because I don't think a it's multiple party
0: anymore. system would work better.
1: Yeah. The whole uh left and right, like red and blue. Um I think it's again just so stupid. Most people don't fall within um uh, one one or the other, you know. They're kind of in between or a little bit of both. Um I'll tell you right now, I for myself am pretty much right down the middle. Um when it comes to the issues. Uh when it comes to like social issues, I lean more left uh just because I, it really doesn't make sense to me to treat different people differently yeah like the same if way. you're you know uh lgbt uh um, and you want to get married like i don't get the people that are fighting against that like it, they're not marrying you you know <laughs> why does that you know it could offend you whether you know you're religious or whatever but it's not illegal to get offended you know
0: I know there are no constitutional amendments to protect you from being offended. I know
1: it. And there's no like, they're not, they don't want anything extra. They just, they want the same that you have, you know? Um, I know. So in all the social issues, I tend to be more, um, a lot more left, you know? So I'm like, um, I'm pro like gay marriage pro I'm pro choice. Um, And then on the like other issues, I'm kind of like in the middle, like, uh, I don't believe like in super high taxes. I believe in like reasonable tax rates for, you know, anybody doesn't matter who it is. Um, I don't believe there's some, uh, people that want like a 70% tax rate on like the millionaires or billionaires. And I don't care how much money you make if you're getting taxed 70%, um, no. You could be uh, Jeff Bezos and 70% tax. I think that's insane. Um, I agree. And a lot of people like to say, well, you know, they make, you know, so much money. Like I even Bernie, he had this, uh, I saw one of his tweets that said, um, like during this pandemic, Jeff Bezos has gained like so much billions to like his net worth. You know, he gained like 30 billion to his net worth, let's say. Right. And to me, that's just very like inaccurate of the whole picture cuz if you really think about it um a vast majority of his net worth is uh from Amazon stock cuz he owns Amazon you know um it's not like he has 180 billion dollars cash in the bank or in his house
0: right it's not it's not liquid it's right. it's tied up in investments of course yeah
1: so when people say like oh you know if you take all his money and you know you do this with it, it'll solve all these issues. Well, um, he doesn't really have that money. If you take it from him, you'd be taking stock away from him. And then you wouldn't have would Amazon. Mean, <laughs> yeah, you'd devalue the company so much and Amazon would go away. And then what do you have left, you know? Um. So when he says things like that, I'm like, well, that kind of doesn't paint the whole picture. And then also at the same time, like, how, do, how, do, how did he gain so much money? Because people stayed home. They bought a bunch of shit on Amazon, you know. It's not like he gained it just out of nowhere he didn't cause like it. we gave it we gave it to him. <laughs> you know, you can't sit there and be like, oh well Jeff Bezos, you know, he made all this money and then turn around and buy, you know, a TV on Amazon. What
0: you know You're giving him the money. Where's the candidate that I would that I would wholeheartedly back in my life, you know, the guy or the girl or you know, I, I don't care who they are. But, where are they, where they're like, you know let's give let's give everybody equal access to education, equal access to health care, let everybody get married and divorce the way they want to live, do you know all those things that you talked about, all those social issues, and at the same time turn right around and and be fiscally fucking responsible. Where is that yeah. candidate? Where's the one that's telling um, the truth? And the one that's gonna say, okay, we need to fix this system it's broken but
1: Andrew Yang 2024 I'm telling you
0: booty booty
1: judge baby booty so yeah it's like it's just and I think most Americans are like that you know they're not they identify you know I'm sure based on whatever issues matter to them the most, they'll identify with that party you know if you're a small business owner that you know employs a few people like a dozen you know or two dozen employees um the economic issues really matter to you you know because you know you have to pay your taxes you have to pay wages you have to pay all these things um and then if you're you know uh someone that's trying to get married in you know a state that doesn't allow gay marriage i'm sure that issue is you know at the forefront of your concerns but that doesn't mean you're necessarily like a down the line person you know like i said earlier I, i'm very like left leaning on the social issues uh pro choice i'm the i'm very um i know a lot of people especially now it's a growing trend they're very against like capitalism but i'm very pro capitalism i've always believed that um if you work hard you should be rewarded for it i agree um if you you know spend your whole life you know um doing something to Achieve something else, you know, and I think that just comes from uh, from me, witnessing it um, myself, not with me personally, but not that I don't work hard. I try to at least, but like even me, like growing up, um, like my dad, he worked at a tire shop for almost 20 years. And during that time, he was like saving up to the point where he was able to open up his own tire shop and now he's, you know, he's he's his own boss. He doesn't answer to anybody. He just, you know, he runs it himself. So I believe that wouldn't have been possible without not only being here in this country, but um, like capitalism, you know?
0: My grandfather was a coal miner, and he bought his own coal mine. and My dad drove a truck for 55 years, and for 40 of them, he owned his own trucking company. So I get it, man. The harder, The harder you work, the more you should get. But
1: yeah. And I know there's people that, you know, work their ass off their whole life. And at the end of the day, they're still, you know, like off bad. They still don't get what they deserve, you know, right. they work hard. And at the end of the day, they still get the short end of the stick. And I know it happens. I know it happens a lot. And, you know, I wish it didn't, but um I just don't like the whole idea of, um I mean, I haven't looked too far into it, but like the whole like social, uh socialism thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't think just because I've never seen a, a place where that worked, where it's ever worked, you know,
0: Well, the, um, they, they, they fail because yeah. it's,
1: it's not human nature.
0: Socialism is not human a, nature.
1: A lot of them tend to be paired with, um, like bad governments, you know,
0: dictatorships like in China. they have Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's that. Um, I don't know, but I've always been like, uh, the believer of, you know, the whole, uh, bootstrap thing, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And again, I know it doesn't happen for everybody. And I know it's sometimes very hard to do, especially depending on where you come from. Um, but I know for a fact it is possible. And, uh, but we cannot punish,
0: we can't punish the people that don't, work super hard you got to think you know there's artists and writers and musicians and those people make life much much better but you know they're not very few of them ever make money doing what they love so that's that's an unfair part of capitalism I'll, i'll give you that too and a very unfair part of it is an athlete that makes 50 fucking million dollars while a teacher makes twenty five thousand that's bullshit
1: uh well see for me the thing for that that's um I, the way I see that that's just supply and demand um how, like how many teachers are there compared to how many people could throw a football you know at a world class level like how many people could do what Russell Wilson does compared to how many people could teach well, uh the third grade that you know
0: that guy wouldn't have be been throwing that ball had it not been for some school teacher that drug his ass through fucking algebra. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying it it wouldn't, but uh, to me, that's just, you know, and also they they bring in money, you know. Um, and I'm not saying like teaching or anything like that's not important. I think teachers are severely um, underpaid. Uh, my girlfriend's a, a SPED teacher, a special ed teacher oh, at a high school here in town. And the amount of things that she has to do that I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. Like they have a caseload, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, what? Don't you just teach the kids? And like, no, you have a caseload. You have to do all these things. You have a, an education plan. You know, you have to do all these meetings, talk to these kids, talk to these parents. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, You know, and I'm thinking like, like for what teachers get paid, like there's no way like they should get paid that much, you know. Well, my, they need my to wife so got up more. at
0: seven, seven o'clock this morning and took a shower, and was in a virtual classroom at eight o'clock. She worked till 1130 last night. And right now, she's in her office with the door closed, writing up lesson plans, and she won't be done till 10 or 11 o'clock tonight.
1: Right. So it's like, and they do all these things, like you said, like even after hours. And I'm pretty sure most teachers are, uh, they're like salary-based, you know? So it doesn't really matter. Yep. Like the schools don't care if you're up till midnight grading papers. Like they're still paying you the same. So uh, like I agree with you that they're severely underpaid. But I also see... Um, like to compare them, I think is a little unfair, like to the whole athlete thing, just because, um, like I said, the athlete they bring in, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, he got his like $500 million contract. Right. That, that dude is going to bring in so much more than that to that team and to that franchise. Um, so I feel he, he's deserved like every single penny he's going to get.
0: Maybe he needs to play a little better than he played yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they squeaked it out yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Yes. They I did. wanted the Chargers to win just cause um, I'm like, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. Like he's a, he's a really good player. Right. But I don't know. just, the underdog, I guess. Well,
0: I'm a big Steeler but, fan. I grew up a hundred miles from three river stadium. So I grew up watching the 70s
1: Steelers. So I can't help it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, back what was our original talking point? The, uh, Yeah, it's like the whole capitalism thing. Like, I'm very pro-capitalism, but I feel like we have to make it work for us instead of making it work for, you know, these big uh, corporations. And I feel like that would vastly improve the way we see it um, and the way we go through it. Because if we make capitalism work for us, so many people would be better off. Um, So I'm very pro-capitalism. I'm very pro-gun. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm like uh typical like second amendment person because I'm I'm pro-gun but I'm anti-NRA. Uh, God damn it, I think dude the we're gonna get emails uh, now. <laughs> I think the NRA is like so corrupt and so oh, we're getting a
0: lot of emails
1: now. <laughs> I hate I hate when people say um, oh they're gonna take your guns away I know. like nobody's gonna take your fucking gun away like but I also don't like when people say, Oh, we should ban, um, assault rifles. Um, I got into a very, I mean, I wouldn't say I was heated. I would say the other person was fairly heated into a big debate on, um, on gun control because I've just, I just pretty much believe in sensible gun control. Um, that means, you know, uh, strict background checks. Um, and not just that, but, um some sort of like way to figure out like if that person is like like mentally like well you know
0: yeah can we take a class that might help
1: yeah like some sort of gun safety class um yeah and not just the class but like maintenance afterwards you know like some maybe some sort of license you know our driver's license we have to renew it you know every certain amount of years why can not we do that with a gun You know, and if you fail, okay, well, you can't have a gun.
0: You are opening a
1: can of worms here, brother. (laughs) And then even like the whole assault rifle issue. um, Like when I'm telling you, when I got into this, I don't even think it was a, I mean, for me, it was a debate for the other person. It was just an argument. Right. Um, When I was talking about it and the whole, I think it was probably shortly after like a there's like a mass shooting at a school somewhere, which is usually when that issue comes up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they say, you know, well, do you want kids to die? You you like when kids die? And I'm like, what What are you talking about? Nobody likes when kids die, you know? Um, but at the same time, you have to look at the facts and look at things for what they are. And when you look at it, a vast majority of people are responsible gun owners. A vast majority of them. Yeah, yeah um, I am. And then uh, when you look at uh, AR-15s, which I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know, AR doesn't actually stand for assault rifle. No. It stands for Armalite rifle, right. which is just the brand that makes them. Um, they count for like, I think, 3% uh, or less of all uh, gun-related deaths in the United States. So if you take them away, I don't... Like, that's not going to solve the issue.
0: No, that's not. The, the guns are not the issue. The gun owners are the issue.
1: Exactly. And that's.
0: I, I wholeheartedly you know, agree with that old saying, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. I, I get that. That's that's entirely true. But you're absolutely correct. They're using guns. And we need to find some way to keep the guns out of their hands. Uh, And in the hands of responsible gun owners, I have been in the Marine Corps. I understand weapons. I've been in combat. I mean, come on. You know, I get it. I should be able to have – I believe I'm a responsible gun owner. All I do is clean it and practice fire once in a while. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't have it for hunting. I have it more, you know, and I – i'm not ashamed to say it i i live in a culture where crazy people have guns i have guns to protect myself from people with guns i know it sounds redundant but it's true
1: yeah so i've never and that's one of the issues that i honestly did like a whole 180 on um because i was very like the whole like oh what do you need an assault rifle for you know that's dumb um but like the more I looked into it and the more I like try to look at it like objectively, I was like, well, it just doesn't make sense to just, you know, the way that they're trying to fix the problem just doesn't make sense to me. They're treating it as a gun issue when it's, you know, it's a person issue. It's, it's a mental health issue. Yeah. If anything,
0: it is a mental health issue. And, and the way the scare tactics, they use, they're taking your gun. Bernie wants to take your guns away. And and Biden wants to take your guns away, and Democrats want to take your guns away, and no, no, well, they don't. <laughs> they don't get. That's not the issue at all. They want to protect the American people. I hope, I hope that's what they want. I, you know, literally,
1: yeah, but like, I don't know anymore. Like Bernie, and uh, I feel like most at this point, most Democratic um, candidates want like a ban on assault rifles. But I mean, which I mean, like I said, I don't really agree with at all. But it's not gonna be, that's not something that I'm gonna like, not vote for them, you know? For? Right. Like that's not gonna be like, oh, well, you wanna ban assault rifles. I'm gonna, you wanna do all these great things, but then a ban assault rifles, so I'm not gonna vote for you. Like, no, that's not gonna be me. Um, I just don't agree with that part of it. Um, like, I could I feel like you could just be pretty sensible about it like no super large magazines you could limit like to 10 round magazines um you could get rid of bump stocks I don't think bump stocks are are a good idea I think they should be illegal cuz have you ever seen a bump stock Yeah yeah and like if you ever see it like work like that that it's an automatic weapon at that point
0: Yeah it is like um, even, so it's even worse than an automatic weapon because uh even an M sixteen has uh three round bursts now, you know? <laughs> so yeah. instead of just because it, it empties uh it empties too fast.
1: It's just right. over. So like I think a vast majority of um of gun related deaths are either by uh like gang violence or uh suicide. Those are the two huge uh like reasons for it.
0: I don't know the numbers but you know you brought up some good points maybe we should uh go in depth on uh, guns and gun violence at a later date.
1: Yeah, that's I feel like a lot of these issues are they could be whole conversations on their own, you know.
0: Yeah, we started out talking about the election and we're
1: over here in bump stocks.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's kind of how they tend to go, they just sway off, which I mean that's good it's conversation you know it's yeah it's talking things out instead of just yelling in each other's faces well
0: i have heard some have great things audience. just from our first podcast people said um I've, I've had tons of good comments about our our discussions so congratulations you're a success kind of
1: <laughs> oh i know i probably should have started off with this not an hour and 12 minutes in but i just wanted to give you a shout out and a thank you for like setting up this whole not just saying you know but like uh you set up like the whole website and you know the all the technical yeah, aspects of it no problem you man. set it up by yourself so big like, kudos to you you're
0: entirely welcome and make sure you give me that headshot in the description i asked you for <laughs> the bio i will
1: um so yeah it's just i think that's the way we can fix most of our issues here is just talking them out Because we don't do enough of that. I don't know if we did, you know, in the past. I've only been alive for, you know, a certain amount of time. But since I've gone to the age of, you know, being able to, like, not get super into politics because I'm not super into them. Right. Um, But to the point where I kind of understand how things work. uh, It just hasn't. We haven't talked to each other. It's more a lot more yelling. Yeah. And. What people don't understand is uh, yelling just alienates the other side. If you call someone, you know, a racist, are they going to be like, oh, shit, you're right. I'm a racist. I'm going to stop being racist. (laughs) Like, no, that's not how it works. Uh, You know, (laughs) you're a fucking
0: racist. (gasps) You're right.
1: (laughs) Nobody's ever told me that before.
0: Yeah. Hell, I'll change right now. Thanks for yelling at me.
1: (laughs) And Racism, I think, is, you know, it's at the forefront of probably this whole election. Um, that so, is true. It's so complicated. It's so complex. It's such a complex issue to to try to fix. Um, can it be fixed? I, I don't know because part of me thinks that there's always going to just be racist people in this world, no matter what. Um, but I think what we can do is we can start to educate the uh, the younger generations, you know? to grow up, to not be racist. And I think that's how, that's a big, that's one of the big things we can do as a whole to, to try to start carving towards the other way. You know, there's some people that are, it's like deep rooted into them, you know, like they're not going to change, like no matter what you tell them, what you say, uh, they're not going to change. Some people will even just admit to it and they don't care. Some of them are just lost causes and that's okay. Um, <laughs> well we according
0: to our president there's good people on both sides <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know there's there's people that you could talk to and like they'll be you know super nice super welcoming super you know gracious and then um, uh, they'll see like a person of color and like say something racist and you're kind of like like what yeah you know exactly i know so i could just come out of nowhere i don't so you know have i told you you know
0: where I'm from where I grew up. Yeah, you mentioned it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I come out of that culture that's just blatantly and not not just blatantly but proudly racist. And it's the it, it's still that way. I don't know if it will ever change, but down through race racism is historical. I mean, it's just it's always been and I'm not sure how – and I know what you're saying is let's let's teach our children that being different
1: is okay, but how in the fuck do you do that? Um, I think through – I mean, there's not like just one thing to do, but um, like integration I think is a big thing. So, you know, when you go to school as a little kid and, you know, you see – all types of different kids there Yeah, and you know, you play with them and you like hanging out with them and then you go home and your parents tell you like, Oh, you know, Mexican people or black people, like they're not good. They're lazy. They're, you know, violent, blah, blah. And then you go to school and you know, your friends like this little black kid that's super nice to you and you guys have fun every time. I think at some point the kids like, well, not really, you know, it's not like that. And I think when they get older, they realize like, no, that's that's not the case. So I think that's a big thing, um, getting that exposure. You know, if you're just in a community of people that think a certain way, you're going to grow up to be that way. If you grow up, uh, you know, go to a different school, go to college, move to a different city, and you get to experience like different types of people, you're going to see that we're literally all the same.
0: I moved. I, I moved um, away from West Virginia for the first time when I was six years old, and I had never ever seen a person of color in my life. I didn't know that that existed because I was from Appalachia, and back mm-hmm. in back in the early seventies, we didn't have television, and I, it, it just wasn't something that I knew. And I, I the first time I, I still. At, at age fifty-five, I still remember the first time I saw a black person and a, and a black kid, and it was my age. And he asked me if I'd come outside and play, and I went outside and we were playing. And I, ever since that day, I, no one ever told me that that was that was wrong until I visited my grandparents back in West Virginia, <laughs> and they had seen pictures of me playing, and there was a big problem. So now I have this psychological thing where i know it's okay but i don't like being judged by other people because i'm a kid so we've got to we've got to do the duality of not letting other people judge people who are integrating cultures yeah yeah and that's a rough thing to look at that's a that's a rough thing to do
1: And it's also hard because, like, especially for, like, little kids, um, they get it at home, you know, like, the prejudice and the racism. Yeah. They get it from people that, you know, they love their parents, their grandparents, their family. So it's very hard to go against them. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of just fall in line, you know?
0: Uh, I didn't so much fall in line as I just kept... I tried to keep my friends away from my family. Yeah. And And that's, that puts pressure on you uh, again in a different way.
1: Yeah. It's a very like tough cycle to break. Um, But I think it can be done at least to the point where um, it's not, you know, so damaging that it is today. Yeah. And I think another thing people need to do is acknowledge that, um, that this There is a lot of racism in this country. A lot of people don't like to acknowledge that. Um, There's, you know, like they say, like this nation was built on the backs of slaves. Yeah. And that's 100% true. Yeah. Whether they like to admit it or not, like that's what happened. You know, like the White House was literally built by slaves.
0: Yep. Yep. And if you're going to tear down all the monuments, you need to rip that bad boy down too.
1: So, I just I think the sooner we can all like agree that okay, that's a problem, it is a problem, then we can fix it I guess it's just it's there's a lot of like nuances to it there's you know the whole police um like the whole police issue police brutality police brutality is a huge issue in this country it is, but at the same time, it's also like like i said earlier there's extremes on both sides of it
0: I, so dude, i know a lot of like, cops man I, and i know very few of them that aren't just people you know just nice guys they're not out there's no vendetta there's no nothing they're just doing their job yeah.
1: and like there's um like the whole like blm thing uh do i agree with uh the statement black lives matter absolutely 100% um, when people say all lives matter, to me, like if you look at it as a statement, do all lives matter? Yeah, sure. Whatever. But they don't say it like that. Uh, all lives matter was never a thing until Black Lives Matter was a thing. You know, right? that was a protest to their protest. That's what I don't agree with. When you yell it, when someone says Black Lives Matter, you should be like, yeah, that's literally the only answer there is. Yeah, Yes, they do. They do. Not, oh, all lives matter. <laughs> of course they do, but that's not the point. You know, or blue lives matter. Like, those are all protests to a protest. Okay. Um, so The redundancy of protesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then even um, within the actual organization of Black Lives Matter, I know, like, uh, some of the founders have stated that they're, uh, they're, like, trained Marxists, which I was like, oh, uh, that's kind of, you know, questionable for me. Right. Um, they have a, if you go on the website, they have like a, almost like a mission statement and a vision statement for them, for them as an organization. Uh, part of which, I mean, most of it, it's pretty like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you know, like support, you know, your black community support uh, trans people in the black community, because they're one of the most like um, hated groups like in America. Right. Right like trans black people, that's, it's crazy how, like, how much hate they get from, from in and out of their own community. But, um, one thing that they mention is they, um, they're not so much against, but they're kind of, have you ever heard of like the term nuclear family? Yeah. So it's basically like, you know, uh, your mom, dad, you know, kids. Right. The core family, family unit. Right. Um, I kind of stretch it out a bit more to, it doesn't necessarily have to be a mom and a dad. It could be, you know, a dad, and dad, mom, mom, like it doesn't, uh, some people are very strict on the mom and dad aspect. But to me, as long as it's a two parent household, yeah. Parent studies have shown that those people, regardless of their, if you grow up in a two parent household, regardless of, you know, uh, race, you're most primed to succeed. Yeah. Um, and I agree, we should, I say we should 100% like push towards that, you know. And then their, on their website, it says they, I forgot what the exact word, I don't, I don't want to say devalue, but they kind of, they kind of say like, well, that doesn't have to always be the case, you know. And I agree, that's not always the case, but that should be our goal. You know, you want to have that family unit, you want to have that support system. So with that, those as, those like little small aspects, I kind of disagree with. Doesn't mean I disagree with the whole organization as a whole, um, and that's one of the things that I don't like. Is you can't disagree with something, you know, even if it's partially, without getting fully attacked.
0: Right. You, it's, um, you're either with us or you're against it. The false dichotomy yeah. argument.
1: Yeah. And it shouldn't be like that. No. Um. One hundred percent, like Black Lives Matter. That's not. When people question that, when they say but, I'm like, just stop, stop right there. There's no buts. There's no buts. Um, you know, it's like cancer, like when uh, the NFL has like breast cancer awareness month. Like, oh, what about colon cancer? What about skin cancer? Like, no, like that's not the point, you know? That's not what we're talking about like, this obviously, month. Obviously, those others, obviously, those other cancers matter, you know? Um, so, it's just very complicated. Uh Police brutality is such a big issue. Um, and I think part of the core from that issue comes from the fact that when you give a human being, in this case, the cop, like complete power over another human being, it causes issues, you know? there's cops that go on absolute power trips. Yeah, and uh, there's cops. That goes that go back
0: in. to the gun issue and and there are some policemen that are mentally ill. That's just all there is to it. If you if you completely power trip on another human being and step on their neck until they die, you have a you're mentally ill.
1: You 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 have some issues
0: yeah. that you don't need to be in charge of anything.
1: And I think I've talked to this before. Um, or I've talked about this before. I mean, I don't know what the complete solution is, but what I would do if, you know, if I had like the almighty police reform power, uh, one, um, the whole defund the police thing, uh, it's kind of redundant to the point where, or in the way that, you know, you want to train these police officers better. Um, yeah. So you kind of need money to do that. So if you take their money away, you can't train them better. You know, the, the whole um, purpose of like the statement to fund the police is, you know, to allocate those resources, you know, to other, other uh, ways to help, you know, mental health. Right. You know, all these other things, um, which I agree there should be more money in that. But I don't think you have to take from one to give to the other. I think we're at this point, we're able to kind of just give both to the Give a lot more to both, but the police money, uh, spend it on training. They're severely under training. Yeah, don't defund
0: the police, redirect their funds that they do have.
1: Right. So, you know, update the training, like their training is a joke. They have like an Academy for like a few weeks and yeah, here's the done, <laughs> you know,
0: and, um, and swear to uphold the constitution. See you later, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think police officers should be held to like a very high standard. They should be, uh, like I said, trained, uh, mentally, physically, you know, if there's a 300 pound cop and he like, you know, he starts getting in a fight with somebody. He's not going to fight back. He can't fight back. Even if he tried, you know, right? he's going to pull out, he's going to shoot them. I think cops should be, you know, good physical health, maintain that good physical health. And also <laughs> you need to take a fine tooth comb through these police departments, and look for those bad seeds you know like that dude um that killed george floyd yeah he had how many like complaints against him? dozens like he should have never had that badge on in the first place yeah
0: i agree i agree
1: um and then another thing like part of the training is like continuous training continuous um, mental health training because you could go into the police academy you know this complete like you know green dude that you know wants to do good wants to help your community and then 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that shit that you see have seen, like, fucks you up, you know, it fucks you up mentally. Oh, well, of course. And you see things differently. And then that could lead to issues that could lead to, you know, just things that could have been avoided had it been for better training, better, you know, you get therapy, all these things that just could have made it the outcome differently. Well, and- I think that would be a great way to
0: you've got to to solve this issue. You've got to address the issue too, that a a policeman is just a human being. And when horrible things happen and they see horrible things happen, they have PTSD. You, you, you can't escape that you're a human. So, but they're not allowed to say, you know, I I have trouble seeing what I saw. I'm I'm a little fucked up about it because it's a sign of weakness and other policemen will leap on it. And
1: The whole whole culture culture has to change. You know, yeah. that's, that's the way we change it. Not through, you know, taking money away. Like what, what is that gonna, what does that do?
0: It makes Facebook light up with false stories about taking money away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. Like, you know, we should have more money for like, you know, these social workers and stuff. But at the same time, you I mean, because there's some people out there that completely say, like, abolish the police, which I think is crazy. Oh, that's ridiculous. Because um, we absolutely 100% need police officers. You're not going to send. There's a, a domestic dispute and one of the people has a gun. You're not going to send a fucking social worker. there. No social worker in their right mind would go out to that call. I know you a know? couple
0: social workers I would send. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like, no, you. You need both, you know, and you need that balance and you need to do it right. And we just don't, we don't talk about that. We just talk about the extremes and it doesn't get us anywhere.
0: And that's why we're here today, man. That's what we're doing. Talking about the other
1: stuff. The things people don't talk about. Yeah. You ready ready to wrap it up, dude? Uh, Yeah. Sounds a good spot. An hour and a half. All right.
0: So, before we go, remember, check your sources, verify your facts, and think before you speak, or else you could be thoroughly wrong. question everything. Question everything. So, check the description section below on, our, on the, the website. or You'll find our website, our social media. Like, follow if you enjoyed the show, and even if you hated us, leave a comment. And if you're interested, I've scanned my notes for the episode, and you can find them in the description also. And, uh, from Thoroughly Wrong from Robert and Francisco. Oh,
1: I thought that was my cue. That was your cue, man.
0: I will see. We'll see you next time. Later. You have been listening to the Thoroughly Wrong project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, follow, leave a comment, and then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Join us next week on the Thoroughly Wrong Project while we discuss the problems of homelessness in California and our segment with a guest who will be discussing COVID-19 and the struggles of the special needs community. We hope to see you there. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.